Hi everyone, welcome back to the channel. Today I'm joined once again by Chris Kendall, aka The Raw Advantage. Now previously we spoke to Chris more about building muscle on a raw vegan diet as he's been a raw vegan for 20 years. <laughs> the muscles are hidden today. But today we're going to talk about more of his entrepreneurial side, more of his business side and how Chris for the past 14 years has been doing this full time, turning his passion into profits. As I can tell, he really loves what he does. And yeah, he's, he's been doing it a while now. And I think money is really, in this day and age, it's quite important, but there's a lot of people who have resistance around money and they don't feel deserving of money. So hopefully by the end of this video, you'll maybe feel a bit more confident about why you actually deserve money. And yeah, just know how to turn your uniqueness and your passion into an income and just do what you love on a daily basis. So <laughs> lengthy intro, but um, would you be able to give us a little introduction on how your business endeavors and entrepreneurial journey started, Chris? For sure. Thanks so much, Dylan. Appreciate you, man. And uh, stoked to be here with everyone and share on this subject. I know it's an interesting one that a lot of people really want to get into and learn more about and, and free themselves from the, the matrix of the dollar per hour kind of being at a place kind of work schedule. Oh, man, that is a tough one saying where it came from. I mean, really, I grew up with skateboarding as my absolute main center, you know, it was the thing that meant the most to me and it's what led me into health and learning about raw food so I could skateboard more. I never really looked at skateboarding as a job. I mean, there's a little few moments where I was kind of had pressure on me for, you know, photos and, and video footage and stuff like that. And it felt like a job. And uh, amazingly at that point, that might kind of overshadow outline some of, some of the stuff I'm gonna go into. But when I felt that, all of a sudden, I didn't really love it. You know, I, I, I didn't enjoy it as soon as it really felt like a job. Uh, I, I kind of always felt that way. You know, when things really felt jobby, I didn't like them. Uh, I, I worked a lot of crappy jobs that were really just to make money so that I could bugger off and, and go skateboarding and, and have more free time. You know, some of the most notable ones like working up in the Arctic 14 hours a day, seven days a week, 42 days straight, no days off, you know, minus 35 to minus 55, still working when it was minus 50. Uh, but then I was able to take a year and a half off, you know, but that didn't really seem super sustainable. I was doing that, that kind of stuff for a while. I worked at skate shops. I, I worked at a health food store, which I actually liked that. I didn't like having to be there on a schedule. But I, I did really like interacting with customers and telling them the health benefits of the different foods because I was working in an organic market and I'd already been into health and raw food for a little while at that point. Amazing. But the, the again, the clocking in and all that stuff didn't really appeal to me, um, you know, with raw food. And this kind of goes a little bit into my journey. I went into school never thinking that I would utilize this as a career, not wanting to actually. Uh, I was just interested in kind of self-preservation and actualization of my dreams of skateboarding more and stuff like that, you know. But when I really figured out raw food, when I, I met Doug Graham and the next day, like really felt like things crystallized and I went 100% into raw food, everything changed. And I was like, this is what I'm here for. This is what I want to do. I had one of those really powerful Satori moments of clarity and just interconnectedness with everyone. And I just knew like, 
skateboarding's fun. I love it as a vehicle to share, to connect, to grow a familia, family. Uh, but really spreading this message is just so damn important. This is what I want to do. And so that kind of sparked in me the desire to do a job or a profession, uh, you know, from a place of true, true passion. And I mean, obviously the skateboarding, that's where that came from too. I wanted to be a professional and make it. And I mean, not my whole time, but once I saw that as a possibility, when I started getting sponsored and going into contests and stuff in, you know, 98, 99, 2000, 2001 kind of area, I saw that as a viable profession and I wanted to make a profession out of my passion. You know, I wanted to make a living out of doing what I genuinely loved and um, things that I was just genuinely excited about. And so, you know, it was about a four and a half year period of time where I started the raw food diet. I was really steadily applying it. I was steadily learning it. And then I was like, okay, I can't procrastinate anymore. Um, it was a major breakup with a very serious relationship where she kind of wanted me to go one direction. And I was like, I want to showcase this. I want to start a website at that time. I didn't know it was the raw advantage, but I wanted to start my consulting practice. I'm a bit of a percolator or procrastinator, um, but I percolated long enough. And when that relationship split, I was just like, okay, I can't procrastinate anymore. It's time to put everything in my mind and heart to paper to the web and start mm -hmm. being of active service. Cause those four and a half years before, I was still like researching, I was still learning, I was still talking to people. I was like really excited about it, sharing on Instagram, not Instagram, but on I think Facebook and stuff like that. But it wasn't until there was really that climax moment where I was like, okay, I ended this, we ended this relationship. I don't want to go that road because this is what's really present, alive, and important to me. And I need to start the entrepreneurial side rather than just living it and kind of casually sharing it. So that's really when it started. And that was, uh, I guess now 14, 15 years ago. Yeah. I guess it's now about 15 years ago. Yeah. And just on that, I don't want to interrupt you, but, um, when you were talking about, you were at that crossroads where you had a yeah. difficult relationship for you, was it the avoidance of pain or was it going towards pleasure? Cause for a lot of people, myself included, you feel like you're in the dangerous middle mm. and they, yeah, they call it the dangerous middle there's various different names where your situation is good enough for you mm -hmm. not to want to take action, but also, yeah, it's not, it's not really bad. You haven't got like mold on the walls or like people, you know, hating on you every day. Um, yeah. and your situation is really bad, but it's not, it's not really good. You're in the dangerous middle and yeah. you're not taking action. So for you, what was, what was driving you in your mind to, to actually start taking action? What was you know, like I, that, I, that switch I, that just flicked for you? You know, really, it was kind of, I wouldn't say forced, but it's just things came to a head and the flip had to be switched. Um, I, like I said, I, I am, I, I recently started changing the word procrastinator to percolator, you know, just percolating until it's perfect, you know, because I, I am a last minute kind of person. And I, I guess I was just floating, like I was enjoying the raw food. I was skateboarding and trying to make it go. I was living in Los Angeles at that time. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, and I, I love her to death. She's sweet. I have zero kind of, uh, ill will at all. You know, it, it happened perfectly, but you know, she really wanted me to eat cooked foods. And I did for the first time in years decide to eat some cooked foods with her. And I noticed a big shift in my physical, mental, emotional well-being. And you know, it started with like, you know, once a month we were together for a few years living in Los Angeles as there actually has, yeah, is there for like a year and a half. And it started as, you know, like maybe once every couple of weeks or once every month, just like something really simple and vegan. And 
not the super cleanest, but pretty clean, like vegan Indian or vegan Thai was the main things that we would eat. And it really affected me. And, you know, I noticed that when I did that, I, I would take me a few days to feel back to my normal, you know, but I was willing to give that up in the relationship. It was very serious. I was really, we were considering like marriage and stuff like that. Um, but it came to a point where she wanted more and more. And she's like, like it, for a little bit of time, it was two days a week. And I was like, I can't do this. It just feels like I'm on a roller coaster ride. And it became a big stress. And um, I do understand it. I won't go into her personal story, but there was her own personal experiences that were very traumatic and major that, you know, led to what I was doing, making her feel like her diet wasn't healthy and made her feel less healthy and made her feel insecure about her food choices. And uh, because of her personal history, she wasn't willing to make major changes beyond that. So we were kind of trying to meet each other in the middle, but it just came to a point where I was like, you know what, I can't continue doing this. And like, I, I this is way too much. I, I mm. at the most would want to do this once a month. And she was like, I was thinking three or four times a week. And, you know, it sounds really trivial, but it was pretty major. And there were some other aspects, you know, like she wanted to you know, me to be more money oriented really and get like a real job. And I was like, no, I want to live my passion. I know what's yeah. real and important to me. Like I want to be authentic and, and really kind of the crux of that too, is just like my inner knowing, like my, I, I just knew to my core. I remember really the last kind of argument we had about it was like, honestly, I'd rather die than do anything else. And in my heart, I felt that like, I was just like, I can't imagine doing anything else that'd be giving up on me. That'd be giving up on my potential to help so many people and spread this message that is so near and dear to my heart. So to me, there was no option. I was just like, I, I have to do this. I remember us both crying and when we finally decided to break up, we both collapsed and couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't breathe for like quite a while. And, and mm. um, I went home, I moved back from LA to Canada and I was so depressed that I couldn't digest food. Like I couldn't digest bananas. I'd eat, I'd, it'd feel like a, a rock in my stomach. Um, is at that point that I just really remembered breath work and Kundalini and I sat into that and I remember doing like a couple hours of Kundalini, my digestion flared back up my connection and passion and, and kind of like what I was looking towards really cleared up. And I was like, if I'm giving up that, you know, which was huge to give up that relationship, I'm going to put my all into this and I'm going to just like make this happen. I talked to a friend who, uh, did web service and literally within, you know, he, he made me one page, you know, just one page. And within a week, which was like some of the week was setting up the website and just making a few pages and making a couple blog posts. And then a weekend of writing my first two books, which I've been thinking about for years. I literally completely wrote those books in two days. Um, I started my website and never looked back, you know, and I've never done anything but that since then, except for uh, helping a friend do some roofing. I did that once, but it was just to help a friend. Uh -huh. Amazing. Amazing. Because for, yeah, like, there's a lot of people who want to change others. And ultimately when you, when you're clear on like your values and your heart, following your heart and you really know when something resonates with you, if there's, yeah. if you feel like people are pulling you away from, from your, maybe your purpose or following your heart or what aligns with you, then like you say, you've, you've ultimately got to do what's best for you because Absolutely. it's not going to sit well. You can't live a life of someone else's expectations. And no. yeah, with the, I know you've talked about the yoga before, how influential and the Kundalini and that links into your retreat as well. So yeah. for the people who don't know, what do you currently offer? Cause your website's really extensive. You offer a wide range. Maybe some <laughs> yeah. might say like a unorthodox approach to business. There's a lot for of people sure. saying niche down, but so what have yeah. you currently got? For sure. I mean, I like to wear many hats and, and without yeah. 
um, going too far into that and just kind of as a prelude to that as a or preamble like uh, like I kind of said when things start to feel like work I, I, I get turned off I don't enjoy it and and I, I want to live an enjoyable life and of, of course even still there are things that I do that aren't my favorite but uh, there's definitely kind of like a, a tipping point of that where I'm like okay that's just not for me so that's kind of one of the reasons why my site is kind of a little unorthodox and I have many different offers and I do many different things like um, just so that I'm always switching I'm wearing different hats it never feels like a humdrum job because like I love yoga, but if I was teaching yoga three times a week in a center, I'd probably want to shoot myself. Like it's, it's not me. It's not what I, it, I wouldn't enjoy that. You know, like if I only did consultations and I did like 12 a week, you know, to me, that'd be way too much, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. What I offer, like I, I, I'd say my bananas and dates, you know, the, the proverbial bread and butter is probably uh, consultations and eBooks. So I have many ebooks. I, I I think I have like nine or ten. I, you know, actually, I have like five that I have written that I've put into bundles that aren't on my site yet. So I think I have like fourteen plus ebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, my site's going through a revamp right now to streamline the ability to make your own meal plans and actually order food direct from my meal plans and from the grocery stores. Actually, like sourcing, like you know, what's the best deal on this oh, wow. produce? And it'll like make it super easy, so you can just be like. Boop, and it's at your door, the best price, like ready. Um, but great. anyways, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm really, it's been over two years we've been working on this and wow. lots and lots of money. Um, but I think it's going to be really helpful. But anyway, so I have, I have eBooks. Uh, I have meal plans. I got uh, paper books. I got clothing like this stuff mm-hmm. and my, my piece, love and seasonal fruit and hats. And I, of course, offer consultations in various formats. Um, that's kind of an interesting point. When I first started, I was just drawn to donation-based service. And that was the only offering I had was like my eBooks and donation-based service. Mm-hmm. And over time, so lots of people and business people said like, you know, like, it's great to start that way, but you got to value yourself and you need to this and this and that. And mm-hmm. you know, eventually I put on one and three month coaching programs that have a set price and a little bit more of struct, a little more structure. Um, and I created an online course called the Raw Vegan Lifestyle Success System, which is Truthfully, what I'm the most proud about, I think it's amazing. And anyone who goes through that, I think will have a really good, firm, holistic view of what a healthy raw food lifestyle and mindset looks like. Yeah. Um, I also do a lot of affiliate products, just stuff that I genuinely use and I really love and uh, feel good promoting. Uh, I've been offered so many things that I could make a lot more money selling, but I, I, mm, I, I couldn't well. do that. No, I couldn't do that. Um, and then, of course, I do live events. So I have my retreat this January in Costa Rica. There's still some time to get a good deal on it. A uh, hundred bucks yeah. off until the end of the month if you message me soon. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I do the retreats. I do festivals. Um, you know, sometimes I do pop-up events and do like a yoga slash raw food dinner. Uh, fruit Lux. You know, I, I've been told by Doug as the one who coined that phrase, Fruit Lux. And, you know, just spreading those around and, and trying to meet people and, you know, make mm-hmm. it... Uh, you know, basically really casual and, and easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I might be missing something, but I think that's all the stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I had a little list, but I think you hit on all of it. It was the retreats, <laughs> yeah. the ebooks, affiliate marketing, coaching, consultant kind of thing, courses, yep. merch. Obviously, you've got the app. Yeah. Uh, so for a lot of people, they might. They well, might the app, yeah, it. of course. Yeah, the, the app's really good, actually. I've been diving into that recently. But for a lot of people, they might feel like a bit overwhelmed, like, oh, he's got a lot going on. But like yeah. you said there, that maybe the best place to start would be like the consulting or something like a maybe a service based thing. 
Is that what you'd yeah. recommend now? Or would you say it's changed? You know, when it comes to recommending for others, I, I like to get them to tap into what's the most important to them. What are they most enthusiastic about? Um, when people mention like, you know, stuff to them about what they're good at or what impresses them, like what, what do they mention? You know, like, are you a great, are you a great empathizer? Are you great at talking with people? Do you have like a, you know, a, just a knack for making recipes, you know? And I mean, really, if we were trying to break it down and I was trying to like give like business advice from a not super businessy person, yeah. I, I would probably still start with, uh, a freebie, you know, to make a lead magnet and start building a list and just start offering and building your content, you know, like good quality content that points mm. back to your freebie and your list. Cause you know, all the social media and all this stuff, we don't know, you know, like MySpace came and went, who knows when you're, you know, thousand thousands of people on Instagram, when it just becomes a, mm. a tumbleweed in the desert, you don't know, but if you build your own list, you at least have that. And you always have yeah. that direct connection with people. Um, so, I mean, to me, that's a, a great place to start as a lead magnet and uh, and just good content. And from there, that will help get you out there, get you in front of more people. And I mean, at the exact same time, of course, you can offer your services, whether that's an ebook or whether that's consultation or anything like that. That could be a really good place to start. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people really like the donation based. Some people like to have a fixed price. Really, it's all up to you, whatever you feel great about, and comfortable about. But to me, that's a really good kind of baseline starting place that can really build from there and can be yeah. enough. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, Ted touches on something similar. I know you two are pretty good friends as well. But for sure, like, yeah, content is the main pillar. Like it's how people yeah. know and trust and like you and you can provide a lot of value for free. And then yeah. maybe if people want implementation or maybe more accountability, then that's what they get from working with you in like a more paid setting. Or Absolutely. Like, or yeah, like real niche specific things. Like some yeah. of your recipe books are amazing. I know you just oh, gave thanks, one brother. away. You gave one away for free, didn't you, for Black Friday? So is that yep. so obviously not only are you serving the people, but I guess that also operates as a lead magnet as well, doesn't it? Because yep. that way you're getting how does that work for you? Is that like an email sign up or or what's yeah, the, that, what's the main that, philosophy behind that? That free ebook was, it wasn't an email sign up, but it gave the option and you had to create a account on my website in order to get it for free. You didn't have to pay anything. You didn't have to put a credit card in. It's still on my site. So people want to see that, but, um, but yeah, it just, it creates an account and you have the option to join the mailing list, which the mailing list is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing, especially when you have a lot of content and you know, you, you know how to create autoresponders and stuff like that email sequences. Cause then you can curate information for people. You know, you, you can put in front of them exactly what you find the most effective in the most streamlined way. Cause I know there's a lot of people that are probably a little bit more systematic and intelligent about the way they put out their, their content. But I've just always kind of went with like, what am I excited about? Like what's on the mm -hmm. forefront of my mind? Like, what do I see people having trouble with? You know, and it's not necessarily step by step by step, you know, I mean, 14 years of this, it's kind of hard to necessarily be, mm -hmm. But in the in the mailing list, you can really make it kind of step by step and try and curate it and uh, mm -hmm. and you know make it as effective as humanly possible, right? So um, my my model definitely has always just been like put it out there, just put it out there, you know. And it's just the personal one on one or the mailing list or the paid kind of stuff. It's just a little more streamlined, a little bit more specific. But otherwise, there's just a lot of really useful recipes and tips and information kind of floating around. 
to get people to want to take that step and, and get the more curated kind of specific, uh, individualized kind of stuff, whether it's again, the consulting or the eBooks. Yeah. And like you say, you actually kind of own the email list compared to mm -hmm. other platforms. Like an email list is a bit more personal and intimate Yeah, and people actually kind of look forward when they see like an email, like a lot of people, uh, they're going to open it more compared to like maybe the YouTube subscriptions. So with your exactly. uh, content, do you have like a regular like cadence or flow? I know you just said you make like what excites you and which is great. Yeah. Like I think you should ultimately do that. You shouldn't be making videos because you think, oh, this will get views or like because this is trending. I think when you find that overlap between like what the people want mm -hmm. and what you really enjoy making, that that's when you, you ultimately do well, I think, in any area and it resonates with you. But sorry. Yeah. Uh, I asked about the cadence. So do you have like a structure or do you just go with the flow in terms of like the frequency of videos and content? Yeah, you know, I mean, at different times, I've been a little bit more structured and a little bit more uh, specific on the days and times I do stuff. Um, but overall, I've just basically had like a, in general, one major post a week, like a, like a video a week. And, you know, oftentimes a post on other social media, anywhere between you know, once a day to, you know, two or three times extra per week, you know, and, and during sometimes I'd, I'd just really post that main one video a week and, and post that across social media. Um, but it is pretty loose, you know, my, my, my business model is pretty casual. It might not even call it a business model. It might be just a casual, you know, lifestyle model. Right. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my general cadence. And I, I it doesn't matter to me what specific days, um, I'll admit sometimes when there's bigger promotions coming up, I'll purposefully get more consistent just to, you know, feed the algorithm a little bit and help out. Um, you know, but uh, just in general, I, I, I try and share something, but my favorite thing is actually the stories now, you know, like it's funny because before there was stories, before there was Snapchat, um, I used to film everything. Like I'd film my day in the life, basically all the time, almost like you would for a story, but on my iPod nano, like when iPod <laughs> nanos were like legit, you know, like, I think it was like 144p, you know, it's like, those are some of my first videos and you can go back to like, I think it's like 2012 and 13 where I'm basically doing day in the life where I'd film for like all week and then I'd edit it into like a 15 to 20 minute video going over everything, which is kind of blurry and not great audio, but, but it's fun, you know? And, and so now like all of a sudden, like I can do that all the time and put it on my Instagram and, and that's probably what I'm the most excited about and, I do the most frequently is the stories. And then it's, like I said, you know, it could be a post or two a week. It could be a post every day. And then during crazy promotions, like, you know, sometimes two or three times a day being all shameless. But uh, that's, that's generally kind of my flow is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what kind of content do you enjoy making the most? And yeah. And what would you say to people? How, how would they identify what they enjoy making? Because obviously there's so many different formats, right? You've yeah. got, you could write a blog, you could start a YouTube channel, you could do a podcast, audio or video. There's endless possibilities now, I think, for everyone. But how did yeah. you identify what content you like making? Did it take like a certain amount of videos or how did you do that? You know, it actually started with blog posts because when I started the Rod Vantage website in 2011, I... Uh... I think it was, or was it 2010? Anyways, when I started it, um, I was doing uh, written blog posts. You know, I mean, YouTube was around, but I, there wasn't any raw food YouTube channels. At least I wasn't following any. I never seen any out there at that time. No. 
Um, maybe there was one or two. I don't know. Maybe there's a couple. I don't know, but I didn't see any. I was just writing blog posts because that's all I knew about. And that's, that's where I figured was a good starting point. And if I'm right, I think I wrote like somewhere between three and five, you know, and I didn't like it. I'd, actually, I still don't like writing, to be honest. Um, I don't really enjoy it. Uh, and all of a sudden I was like, hey, I could make a video instead. You know, like the same content, but make a video. And I mean, obviously, too, you can kind of open different avenues up with video that you can't really do as well on or on uh, written. So once I made my first video, I was like, like done. Like, that's what I like. That's way more fun. Uh, I, I just started doing video and then making a synopsis kind of write up based on the video. So I still did some writing, but the main thing was the video, you know, and really ever since then, I just, I found that video is my favorite medium. Um, I don't love speaking in front of people like live but mm -hmm. I, I've been invited to do it a lot and I've had a lot of really positive feedback and it's a barrier and it's kind of like a resistance and a, a challenge that I mm -hmm. are you talking don't about like, like the... Sorry, just quickly, are you talking about like yeah. YouTube live or Instagram live or are you talking no, about in-person no. public speaking? In person, yeah, in-person ah. public speaking. Um, you know, I have a resistance, but it's more just a fear-based resistance. And yeah. when I do it, I feel amazing and charged and I always get good feedback. So I do that as well. But... Um, but definitely just making videos. That's, that's my favorite. And whether it's a recipe, whether it's a topic, whether it's silly, whether it's like out skateboarding, that is just all determined by the moment and what I'm authentically excited about and mm -hmm. kind of present in right then. And it, it can shift back and forth. But uh, if I was told, okay, every week you need to make a recipe video, you know, or every week you need to make an informative video, it'd feel like work and I wouldn't enjoy it. But instead, if I just do what's kind of present and allow myself two weeks off the day, the weeks that I don't feel like doing it, then it's, it's fun. And it feels uh, mm. more authentic to me. Yeah, I think when you don't box yourself in, maybe you have like a general structure, like there's good practices, like obviously getting videos out helps. But when you don't yeah. pigeonhole yourself in and you mm -hmm. just make, like you say, authentic content that you like, because then ultimately you're just expressing yourself with that medium, the video medium. It's like yeah um i'm not sure if you heard of andrew kirby but he kind of just talks about not sure like a synthesizer or just someone who just shares what they feel like what you know what they learn what they're doing in the day to day and then you become like your own niche you're not you're just being yourself you're not trying to copy yeah. like it was like me if i'm trying to be chris i'm never gonna be, i'm gonna be chris number two i'm never gonna be as good as chris because that's not me so i think mm. how did you how did you identify what you really loved? How did you tap into that video? Was it like an instant mm. like realization? Like, oh, I instantly love video because for mm. me, I was like, I think video is the best medium of me expressing myself. But at the start, I was I was terrible on camera. Like, yeah, but Big I time. just knew if I get I, if I get the reps in. So for yeah. you, was it like an instant thing or well, you, was that you, like you, quite a learning curve? You can watch my first video. It's called uh, Favorite Fall Fruit. And I'm just talking about persimmons and plantains and how you can eat raw plantains and how to do it. And yeah. it's definitely different than how I do it now. I was just more shy and, uh, uh, you know, excited, but bubbling with excitement, but shy. And, you know, so to me, it's just that meeting point between passion and purpose and that inner recognition that what you're doing feels great and that you feel like you're doing something that is worthwhile, you know, that is like, offering something of value. And uh, 
So for me, I mean, it, it just became very, very clear in the moment as soon as I started doing it. Like I, I did that as same as skateboarding. As soon as I started skateboarding, I was like, this is it. As soon as I started doing rough food, I was like, oh my God, like things light up inside of you and it becomes really crystal clear. And um, when there's been moments where that isn't super crystal clear or where there's some doubt, well, I, I experiment and I, I broaden my horizons and try on different things and breathe and allow myself to feel what I feel. And you know, know that it's not all roses, even though I talk about like, you know, doing uh, the things that bring up passion and purpose, it doesn't always feel like that. But as long as the largest portion of it is, and the bigger direction is that way, then it just becomes more clear and, uh, and more authentic and better feeling for me. Yeah, for sure. I heard something the other day, I can't remember who said it, but it said, you're always going to have like problems, but you get to choose the pro kind of problems you have on a day-to-day -day basis. So for mm -hmm. you, if you've got maybe a problem is like you've got a client who's chronically ill or you've got a reply yeah. to emails for your retreat or something yeah. like that, maybe, yeah, like you say, it's not all roses, it's not all fun, but at least yeah. it's for someone you believe in. So I think yes. you get to choose your problems, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. You totally get to choose your hard. That's it. Like everything in life yeah. is hard, you know, like it, Obviously, there's easy moments and, and comfy moments, but life in itself is hard and it requires some grit and it requires some leaning into discomfort. You know, that's how we grow. It doesn't matter if it's building muscle or on the entrepreneurial journey. Right. Yeah. Um, and we also we get to choose our reaction because, you know, it can be a huge hurdle and like, oh, gosh, I have to do this all day. Or it's like I get to do this. I can be of service and create my living. How freaking blessed am I? You know, and. I don't always feel that way. You know, I'll be very, very honest. There's some days where I'm like, this is too much. It's like, I, I just like to almost just work at a gas station, you know, like, but the, the trade-offs and the, the feedback and the knowledge that I'm living my purpose and challenging myself is, is, it, it's the best, you know, that's why I keep on doing it. And, uh, and why I, I like to share stuff like this and help other people on their, their way. Cause you know, like I don't, I don't look at competition. I, I think that the world needs a lot of people doing this, you know, mm. so it's like, and everyone connects with and resonates with different people. Right. So, um, your unique way of putting things together and, and your message and your, your, your social group, you know, your family group, all that stuff. Like it's, it's just so important to get this information out there. And that's one of the big things that keeps me doing it and, you know, wanting to help and congratulate others for wanting to do the same. For sure. For sure. I think, yeah, you touched on so, so many good points there. I think one you touched on about your obviously unique greatness and talents and things like that, because a lot of people, uh, they think the internet or social media is like oversaturated. They're like, oh, there's too many people on YouTube. I've never, it's too late to start. But for me personally, I don't think it's ever too late to start because like you say, no. you're so unique. Yeah. So what, what would you say to anyone who's thinking about getting into like, content creation or something like that well you know uh, yeah. a, a common kind of uh, phrase within raw food or in uh, agriculture you know the the only time better to uh, plant a tree than today is 10 years ago right and it's like yeah, yeah I mean like you, you can say like oh there's too much of this or too much of that but if, if if it just prevents you from actually putting yourself out there the only people that you're cheating is yourself and those that could hear your message right it's like mm. Um, I, I think my advice is just like, you know, really hone in on what you're excited about and the things that you're excited about are the things that you're experiencing and researching and learning and growing more about and through, you know, and, and, and see different ways that you can help people with that, you know, just like, 
how can you genuinely help someone with that? And mm. whatever is uh, the path of least resistance that gets you the most excited might just be a great place to start, right? Yeah, for sure. Because like you said, when you're researching those things, that's like your own unique advantage. And that's why I love the podcasting so much because now I'm not, I'm not niching myself in. I can, I can choose to speak to whoever I want to, whoever I'm into, whoever I'm curious about or whatever area I'm interested in learning about and also sharing it with an audience who hopefully find it just as valuable or maybe even if they find it half as valuable, then to me, that's a win Absolutely. with the world. So do you have on that note, do you have like a, a why or like a purpose behind the channel? So like, I think for me personally, it's really important if you have like a fundamental message or value or reason why you're starting a channel that way you mm -hmm. can always fall back on it. So if you're like, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if I should make content. Well, then if you go back to your why, for me, that's been really helpful. So do you have yeah. something similar? Well, you know, a long time ago, I set up like the kind of mission statement, you know, of, of my website. And it is basically just the common sense approach to optimal health and, and fitness. And, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, kind of branching off from that too, it's like, really my, my purpose is, I believe, to try and help make holistic health and a raw food kind of lifestyle um, easy, sustainable, fun, and uh, relaxed, you know, like, mm. just to, to help make it like, less an obsession and, and more just something we can easily do to make the rest of life better, you know, and, and to help others and, and the planet and animals, right. So it's a uh, kind of all interconnected to like fun and ease and deliciousness. And mm. uh, that's, that's kind of what I really try to do my best to, to bring to the table. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's evident obviously social media can it can be a little bit it can give off the wrong impression like you can mm. it can seem like everyone has this amazing life but it does seem like mm. you have a lot of fun and yeah 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 so i'm just wondering how do you balance that so obviously you skateboard quite a lot sometimes yeah. uh at night and yeah. then obviously you're making content you're running retreats you've got ebooks and you've got quite a lot going on so do you have like a daily schedule or how do you how do you manage things on a day-to-day -day basis and how many hours would you say like all of these endeavors take up? Well, you know, I will first start by saying that, you know, this has been a long process and I wouldn't be where I'm at now without the help of my family and my parents, you know, like the first few years of a raw food of, of starting the raw advantage, I lived at home uh, rent free and, you know, sometimes buying my own food, sometimes buying my parents getting food for me, you know, I mean, I was in my twenties and, uh, you know, so it's a little old for there, but, but not really. I mean, I still lived at home when I was in my thirties, so a little bit here and there. Right. But anyways, you know, they really helped me out. I mean, the first year working full time. And when I say full time, I was like 10 hours a day, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week working all the time. And, you know, like I, I was injured at points. And so I was able to work more in a way I wasn't injured then I'd skateboard more, but I was working a lot because I didn't have any money. I didn't pay people to do anything. I was doing all my own web design and trying to figure stuff out that, now I know I probably could have done it an eighth of the time if I knew what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but that first year, like I made like two grand, you know, like in a whole year of full-time work, you know, and like, mm -hmm. it took me like, I believe about four years to get to about seven grand a year. And then I was kind of hovering around that for a little while. And, and I've been able to live off seven grand, even living on my own traveling and stuff like that. So for me, once I got to seven grand, I was like, I'm gold and I can, I can do whatever I want, you know, and uh, yeah. at that time I was kind of traveling and stuff. And, um, but all this to say that like, it was step by step and I couldn't have done it without some help. And, 
Um, I just continually, what I was excited about the things I saw could be useful to create, I created them and it, it, it went, you know, stacked up, right? So obviously at the beginning, it was just like, you know, one ebook and some consultations, but eventually it was multiple ebooks and consultations and events. And then it was this. And so like, it was one after the other. So for me, it wasn't crazy overwhelming where I was like, oh, it was just, okay, let's build this. And then there we go. Okay. What's the next thing? Okay. Video. Okay. This, okay. That, right. So, yeah. um, but getting right to where you're kind of talking about, I have a loose structure. There are things that I consistently do, but I, I'm not bound by them. Um, to me, you know, like no routine is a good routine. Um, having some routines that are useful in place, but not being so stuck to them that if I don't do that, the whole day is thrown off, yeah. you know? So for example, and it's funny because some of these things like aren't the, the healthiest habits, but they're what works really well for me. Most often, um, and it's one that a lot of people say you, you shouldn't do, but I just, I love it. It feels re really good to me. But most often I, uh, I wake up, I, I have a sip of water and then I grab my phone and I do all of the surface tasks that I can do pretty quick. So answer some emails, answer most Instagram things, um, check my other social media. Uh, I have like five email accounts. So like I generally just check everything and anything that isn't going to like really require me to sit down and put a lot of time, just quicker mm -hmm. responses and stuff. I get that done. So it's like off my chest. Small and, wins. Like... Yeah, small wins. It's just a whole bunch of small wins that I feel like even if I just get that, okay, well, I'm, I could, that's okay. I could, I could, I could be okay with that, you know, but I, I, I get those small wins. It usually takes me anywhere from 15 minutes to on the longer side, an hour, if I do kind of venture into kind of the more uh, kind of longer kind of answers and emails and stuff like that. But usually I'm leaving a couple of those to get on my computer later in the day. Uh, I like to get up then and do some movement four days a week, three days a week. I go to the gym, you know, come back, eat some food. And then I usually sit down at the computer for anywhere from 15 minutes to four hours. You know, sometimes I get stuck on it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I like to do other stuff and just relax and, and skateboard and, and, you know, make dinner and then hang out with friends and maybe skateboard again, maybe do some work. But um, it's pretty loose. Uh, really kind of with that percolating mindset, it's like, or procrastinating, percolating. Once it just starts bubbling enough that I start to feel just little twings of like, okay, you know, now you're like actually putting that aside instead of just doing it because like, you're ready now, mm -hmm. then I'll do it, you know, but uh, it's funny because I feel like I don't work a lot, but I know like, you know, uh, the people I'm around and like, you know, girlfriends, stuff like that. They're like, like you work a lot, you know, like, well, I, I don't feel like I work a lot, yeah, you know, but feel like work to you because you love it no. so much. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I just, I feel, I feel really blessed to be in service and, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> it's funny because just going on Instagram is, is technically work, but I like, I enjoy sharing what I'm doing and, and, you know, promoting things that I love and connecting with other people. And I don't want to be on it, on it all the time. You know, but uh, but I still really enjoy that uh, in the points when I'm doing it because I genuinely want to, not because I feel like I should. But I would say on average these days, on average, I work anywhere between two to four hours a day, seven days a week, you know, and, hmm. you know, th that two hours that does include like, you know, like just posting a couple things and stories and, and DM replies and email replies and stuff like that. You know, and, and there are some days where I just do that morning kind of like 15 to, you know, 45 minutes of just answering questions. And I do that one more time in the day. And that, that might be only like, you know, half an hour to an hour of work that day. Um, 
because I, I really like to try to make sure that I, I don't take longer than 24 hours to respond. But I've, I've been a little bit worse at that lately, very honestly, just because there's been so much going on. But uh, yeah, that's that's just basically my flow. I, I really decided years ago that I want to live my life authentically, the things I'm excited about and uh, try and rise to my potential and share that with others and make that my profession. And I also really came to the conclusion that I think I'd rather live partially retired the rest of my life than fully retired, you know, for 20 years at the end of my life. And I, I don't want to work full time right now. Like I, I love skateboarding. I love free time. I, my favorite days in the world are when I can have two baths in one day. So, you know, if I was working full time, it's a little harder, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but that's kind of my flow. I think I jumped around a little bit from yeah, your no, question. No, no, but... You covered a lot. You covered a lot. You did well to remember it all. <laughs> But yeah, I think intention is really important. Like you say, even when you're on Instagram, you know why you're on there, or what, why, why yeah. like you're giving value or that you're helping people. Or yeah, like yeah. you know what that post is going to do. Because there's two ways of looking at it. You could say, oh, I'm scrolling on social media or I'm constantly on my phone. Mm -hmm. Or you could reframe it like you do and, and know what you're doing is genuinely helpful and valuable. And that Absolutely. makes it makes it so much easier. There's like no resistance in the mind. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. even when you're scrolling, I mean, it can be a little bit of market research, right? It's like I'm scrolling, yeah. I'm seeing yeah. what other people are doing. How, what yeah, are people I reacting think. to? What do they like? What don't they like? You know, and for sure. Yeah. But sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, 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 you didn't. When you've got that student's mindset, that's something I, I quite enjoy. Like, I'm constantly looking, I'm like, I'm looking at other podcasters and I'm just trying to break down every detail of what they do. Now, it, that works for me, for some people. It doesn't work. It's a bit too rigid. But I think yeah. just tapping into your uniqueness, like you say. But just what you said about uh, now working two to four hours. But at the start, yeah. it was 10 hours. How have you managed to get it to like, you know, over half? You've, you know, that's 20 percent of the work, two hours. So yeah. How yeah. have you managed to scale it down? Really, the main thing is just that I, I've been consistently building content, you know, like I, I actually did the math the other day. I was looking at my videos on YouTube. I have less than some people who have, you know, uh, you know, a shorter time having a channel. But like I I have like 700 and some uh, videos and I look back and that's pretty consistently one video a week for like 14 years. Right. And it's like, uh, you know, that I've just since I've built all that content that drives traffic towards my website and to my services, you know, like every single video I put out pretty much at least after a few years, you know, like registered holistic nutritionist, raw food lifestyle coach and raw chef. So like right at the beginning, they, they know a couple yeah. of my little services yeah. and then they come to my website and it, it just becomes its own kind of uh, self-service, uh, you know, helper where mm -hmm. people can choose their adventure and, and choose the level, whether it's just you know, looking at my blog posts and checking out all the free content or whether it's grabbing an ebook or a course or diving into consultations because I've put so much content out there over the years and it's spread across so many freaking different platforms. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. At one point I was uploading to a platform that uploaded to YouTube and I think nine other video platform services at the same time. So wow. they're spread out there and, and some stuff I don't even know. Some people have taken my stuff and recycled it. And, but anyways, because of that, you know, it's like I said in the beginning, you know, um, you know, trading your hours, you know, and I mean, I, something always kind of stuck out to me with one of my favorite musicians, uh, um, the doors, uh, you know, good old Jim, you know, he said, like trade in your dollars for a handful of dimes, <laughs> gonna make it baby in our prime, you know, it's like, that just always yeah. stuck out to me. And it's like, 
when when you create things, you know, and, and you know, outside of service, whether that's the eBooks or a course or something like that, it, it, it works for you forever after that, you know, and like through making, you know, having both service-based things that are time because I value that time and I see the value people get from it and I enjoy doing that to a, a to a specific amount. Um, but then also having a whole bunch of things that are just working on autopilot for you, like the mailing list, the eBooks, the videos, the affiliate products, all of that linking together, it has freed me up so that, uh, I mean, I, I make more money than I used to uh, with less effort and less time. And just also the time invested and the money invested in, you know, creating the website and getting web help and actually hiring out and, you know, making the app and paying all that stuff, like all those things, they, they piggyback on top of one another and there's just, there's always more to do, but there's some less things that were time consuming. I've, I've outsourced, you know, so like, mm. you know, like I, I don't do quite as much of the web work as I used to. And, uh, that just yeah. makes it a lot easier. For sure. For sure. That's, that's why I love YouTube so much. Cause it's like a catalog almost like you can upload a video and then maybe in three years it will blow up. And then if you, yeah, like you say, if you said certified, um, you know, if you say, if you say your accolades or you have a link in the description or just something that gives you maybe a little bit of credibility, maybe if that video blows up in the future, then it might attract leads years later or clients. Absolutely. Or customers. And yeah. yeah, that's, that's why I personally love YouTube because you know, you, you can help people in year, in years in the future. you if you have that longer term mindset, compared yeah. to like the short form content, it can be great to run a message quickly, but mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not as much of a catalog. No. Um, no. Yeah, no. In, ter in terms of that. But um, oh, I had a, had a point in my mind, but it slipped my mind. So it's all I good. Got, yeah. I got one on what you just said, you know, if you want, yeah. if you want to percolate on that. Yeah, 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 sure. You know, like I, I, I totally resonate and feel that. And I mean, that's always been kind of my, my view as well, kind of like long-term view rather than like, you know, what's the most viral thing I can do right now. And, and in fact, mm. I've kind of shied away from, you know, the most controversial thing of the day that everyone's making videos about, or the most recent news thing that everyone's talking mm. about. And like, sure, I've done a few of those things. And I'm not saying that that's uh, in, I'm not throwing shade on that in any way, shape or form. It's just for me, not doesn't really feel authentic. And it doesn't really get me excited unless it's really pertinent with what I'm talking about and doing in the moment anyway. Um, or I just know that it can really be impactful because I have a different spin on it or a different take. But um, I've, I've, I've done things. It's kind of funny. Like, and this is where I often say, like, I don't, like when people look for business advice, I'm like, I, I don't know that I'd take it from me because it's not the most effective, but it really works for me. It works for you. Yeah. It really works for me. And it's what feels the best and authentic. And it's what I can just, you know, feel genuine doing, you know, but um there are certain things that I know I could do to get more traffic, to get more sales, to make a bigger impact. And sometimes I've wrestled with that, you know, make more money, all those kinds of things. But I also do believe kind of in the long game and, and in the, the bigger kind of sense of purpose. And that like, you know, if I'm, if I'm just sharing authentically what I'm excited about and what I see can help people and I'm being present to the moment and the movement and all that kind of stuff, It'll all cap. It'll all happen in its due time. Like I, I don't, I don't have the world on my shoulders. I don't think that I'm the only savior. That's why there's a million people out there doing these kinds of things, and more and more people doing it to resonate with and connect with different people. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, I just, I, I kind of took that that world off my shoulders, and I, I recognize that 
if I was to do all that stuff, you know, maybe I'd be getting busier and more, uh, more clients than I can possibly actually healthfully manage right now. And that would be too much and it could burn my flame out a little too early, or maybe I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be getting more mainstream faster than where my development of my entire platform is. You know, I want to get it to a certain level working really mm -hmm. sound so that when, so that when I do get a little bit more uh, view viewership that I, I'm not overwhelmed and just always in the back seat trying to figure out the stuff in the background. Right. So like, yeah, I just kind of operate from like, it's all perfect in its place. And, uh, and, uh, I, I'm not really worried about the speed or reach. I just, I just want to be authentic and share how I can. Mm. And I think you've identified that clearly identified it early on in your journey and you actually mm -hmm. identified exactly what works for you. You know yourself better than anyone. You know that maybe for you personally, you just want to make enough money or yeah, income. You want a sustainable income where you can spend more time doing the things you love. So you yes, love skateboarding, yeah. you love time with friends and family, I'm sure. Like you've, yeah. you've got a multitude of passions and hobbies. And ultimately for you, it's just a vehicle that you also enjoy. It's, it's also something you're passionate about, but it gives you, it frees up time for other things. Absolutely. And, and I Absolutely. think it's important people identify exactly what they want because some people, maybe they really want to be like a billionaire entrepreneur and they want to make massive scale impact mm -hmm. in terms of a company, maybe a raw food company, something like that. But then yep. maybe that comes with certain sacrifices, you know, like then you're mm -hmm. responsible for a load of employees. So for, yeah. how did you identify exactly what you wanted? Did you have like a process or was it just like intuition? I think it was trial, trial and error and intuition. I mean, it started with intuition, then it just went into trial and error, you know, and, and there's been a number of things I've tried out and I've kind of let go of and the things I enjoy the most, I, they end up sticking, you know, but uh, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I, and, and it's kind of funny because it just kind of brought up something for me like, you know, yeah, you know, my first few years were really full time and it took a lot of that energy and effort in order to create the base of what is now the raw advantage. And, you know, where people are at now, if they put four years full, full time, like I did, they could probably be making 10 times what I'm making right now instantly because of the opportunity. It was a lot slower back then. Right. So part of it, I think, is because the, the part of the reason why I do things the way I do now, I think, is because. I worked so much and I, I recognized that it was work and it was really more moments of not really feeling uh, quite as enthusiastic about it, but it was like necessary for me to achieve what I considered my dream and, and uh, more sufficiency in what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I, there wasn't as much people promoting to help you out. Like, you know, sure there was some, but it, it I just, I did it all myself. And, you know, nowadays people are so blessed with the opportunities that are abundant in terms of, you know, mentorship, coaching, you know, like even just ebooks and video series you can find on YouTube, how to do all this stuff and streamline what took me like four and a half years. You could probably do it in a month, you know, really, mm -hmm. um, if you, if you really went balls to the wall. Right. But, uh, not totally sure where I was going there, but it's just kind of a neat recognition no, that no. like, that like those years of doing it so much, it just really, I was like, okay, well, I, I started this cause I wanted to skateboard more and now I'm doing this all the time and I'm still skating a bit, but my skateboarding's faltering and it was perfect in its place because my body needed to heal and I needed to recover more. But then the tides turned. And I was like, I, I, I'm a raw foodist, not to be a raw foodist. I'm a raw foodist to live my most authentic, joyous, like most well oiled life, you know? And 
yeah. pretty poor term oiled since I don't need oil, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, just living, living in a way that I, I just enjoy it, you know? And it's funny. Some people say like, Oh, like, you know, I could never retire, you know? And like, I don't think I ever will cause I love doing this, but I have yeah. so many passions kind of like you mentioned, uh, I'm never bored, you know, like I, I don't remember the last time I was bored ever, you know? So like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, I love working when I feel like working and helping people when I genuinely can. Uh, but I also just love chilling and relaxing and hanging with my cats and skateboarding and friends and family, all that stuff. And all of them are really important to me. And like you said, it's always a shell game. It's always a sacrifice one way or the other. And it's just what sacrifice really makes you feel good. You know, like I know right now with all the tools I have, I could work super full time and double my income, you know, in a year, easy, probably more than that but the trade-off isn't worth it for me. You know, I feel like I feel so abundant. I feel like I can do anything I want. Like I make less than a lot of people I know, you know, but, uh, but I, I can do whatever I want and I, I, I'm not worried about food or rent and, uh, and I'm enjoying myself and I don't feel like I'm working at least not like a slave, you know, I, I feel yeah. like I'm a free person doing what I want to do and loving it, you know? Amazing. And like you say about retiring, what, why would you want to retire if, you enjoy what you do on a day-to-day basis or at least the majority because mm-hmm. there's there's like a, i can't remember the exact statistic but there's a statistic of like when people retire i think it's within like i don't know three years or something like that most of them just die because they're they're will yeah. to live like mm-hmm. it's like they built up retirement to be this miraculous thing and then they mm-hmm. get there they retire they have all this free time yeah and they just don't put it into passions or hobbies and things like that so yeah. and- I think often yeah. too, like they, they've worn themselves out doing what they didn't want for so long that they weren't yeah. consistently doing things they wanted to do. And then by the time they were retired, they weren't yeah. proficient enough to do the things they want to do or physically able because they're old and worn out. So they just, they're lazy and bored, you know, and, and uh, regretful, like wanting to do things, but don't feel like they properly can, you know, and I mean, that's maybe a generalization, but that's part of the reason why I really like to live kind of from the, like, semi-retired state right now and and do as much of what I want, but also be connected with my purpose and passion and intelligently put it together to be able to help the most people and, and achieve my aims of being self-sufficient as well, you know? Great point. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And in terms of like, if we were to plot like a graph of when, when maybe subscribers accelerated or income accelerated. So you said the first, how many years was like full time? And yeah, so the first time. year was two, 2K, wasn't it? Yeah, and, like yeah, 2K. And then maybe it was like about three and then four or five, six, seven. Like, oh, it went from about 2K to 7K, I believe in around like four and a half, five years, something, mm-hmm. something like that, you know? Um, I, it's another thing I haven't been super good about is like, you know, like tracking, tracking or graphing. Like it, it scares people, but you know, like I've had a website for like 12 years and like my, my tech, you know, a little bit more when I first really got in, here's my third or fourth tech. He's like, so like, what are your statistics? And what are you like, what is the most of this? I'm like, I don't look at any of that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea how many people are looking at my stuff. I don't look at my, like, I don't look at my analytics. Like now I do a little bit more, but it's still really casual and it doesn't really influence what I do too much. It's just kind of like, oh, that's neat, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I haven't been great at, at, at really, at really following that. But I would say, yeah, it was about two to two to five-ish, two to seven in the first five-ish years. And I'd say, to kind of answer your question, where it started to really leap off there was actually, uh, wow, that's really interesting. 
huh, I just kind of like it, things kind of connected there. I was going to say that it, it, it really connected with, with when I first started doing festivals and stuff like that. And in my mind, I was like, well, that was like after I'd been doing the raw band for a long time, but it really wasn't super long. So I, I, it was in 2011 was the first Woodstock Fruit Festival. And I know I started my YouTube account, I believe in like 2004. And I think maybe my first YouTube video was 2009 then, which would have been when I started the Raw Advantage. But I could be off by a year. So, I mean, I'd been doing it for a little while and I'd been coaching and I actually coached one of the head admins of the Woodstock Festival before the Woodstock Festival was around. So then when it started coming up, she was like, she invited me in. And then of course the, that really kind of launched me into the mm -hmm. uh, public scene because I mean, yeah, I'd been doing YouTube videos for a bit. I had been putting it out there and, you know, some people knew who I was. And I mean, Doug knew me because I, you know, I met him and a couple other raw foodists. But when when I was invited to the Woodstock Festival, which was, it was crazy, man, because I was, I was making recipe books and I'd never done a talk. I'd never chefed an event. Um, I'd never taught a yoga, a yoga class. I'd just been doing yoga for a long time. And they're like, all right, you're the head chef. You're uh, uh, mm -hmm. one of the main, one of the main speakers and teach yoga, you know, and is like holy crap just like thrown okay. in the fire yeah thrown in the fire and like you know when when i, I say head chef too it was crazy because it was like there's 200 people they didn't ask me for a menu they didn't tell me what they're ordering i just showed up at a center with like hundreds of box of produce and like here's your team make food for everyone you know for a week and like so it, yeah. it was by the seat of the pants but it, it worked and people saw you know what i was doing and and I met a whole bunch of other people in the raw food movement that have been doing it for as long or longer. And uh, I think that just kind of catapulted more credibility and uh, visibility um, and also just connections, you know, and I think that was really when things started to snowball more. Mm, that's what I've found out recently. Like people say is who, not how, and I do resonate with that. Like, because mm -hmm. when you try and do it all up, on your own is great but we're social beings we even mm. if you look at our tribal instincts we used to go mm. around in, in packs so i think yeah when you start networking with other individuals meeting up with people just connecting bouncing off ideas masterminding it's only yeah. going to be beneficial and it's good that yeah it's reassuring for me to hear that when you're yeah when you it kind of catapulted upwards it was because you collaborated with others because i think that's when yeah. we when we do best and you also Absolutely. it sounds like you just learn through doing that's what i've realized you can yeah. get all the theory like i love you know theorizing and watching the videos and you mm -hmm. know you can you can know how to set up an email but until mm -hmm. you actually do it you're not going to learn half of it so yeah, yeah that's how a, did you, the, the old yeah. saying right uh like um what is it like uh, i'm gonna flop this but it's basically that like you know like um knowledge is helpful and experience is wisdom there's a proper way of saying it but i, I forget what it is but it's like like knowledge for yeah, knowledge sense. and knowledge in sake of itself is like useful but knowledge applied is wisdom something, something yeah, along yeah. Those lines, i've heard right? it i can't think of it myself but yeah yeah i know, I know exactly where you're coming from yeah. yeah i mean that's 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 very truthfully always been a central point in in what i do and in some ways too i think it's been a delimiting factor in uh, the potential for faster growth, but, but I've always really wanted to feel very, very secure and confident in, in what I'm doing and what I'm presenting before presenting it, you know, like, um, 
I mean, you know, I percolated for four and a half years being on a raw diet, hygienic, 100% raw for four and a half years before even really like being like, all right, I'm doing this. And um, that's not like a qualifying thing, you know, by any means. But it's again, it's just what really felt the real, the most real to me and, and integral in what I'm doing. So I want to make sure that if I'm sharing some information, it's as accurate as, I, as it possibly can be. And I have the experience and, and wisdom from applying it and talking with others who've been applying it. Uh, to make sure that, it, you know, it, it's accurate info, right? And mm. um, I, I think that the reason why I said that too is just because I think sometimes being a little more experimental, being a little bit more um, on the fringe, being a little bit more um, kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, uh, kind of exciting, you know, like, oh, this is what's going on. Right? Like Sometimes that can attract much more people, much more attention, you know, mm. but... Uh, um could be for the wrong reasons it, it, yeah. it could be but i mean i'm I'm not gonna again put any kind of value judgment on how anyone no. else does anything because everyone's doing what they feel i'm just kind of sharing what 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 i've done and what really feels the best to me you know yeah yeah ultimately it's your intention and yeah behind doing something if, if you're trying to educate people on how they can heal or live their best life then you want to be putting out accurate health information <laughs> rather yeah, than think... maybe like hop on a trend and get loads of views exactly i think most people come from that you know yeah. obviously there are some people that money is absolutely number one and you know that is superseding other things and i'm not even saying that within the raw food niche just in the world yeah, in general. general you know but um yeah I, I, like you said i think it comes back to intentions and uh perspective and and really what your driving force is yeah for sure so I'm conscious of the time, but I've just got a few more questions if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I was fascinated and interested in how do you how do you run a retreat? How do you organize a retreat? Because it's quite, I'm not sure, how, how many years have you been running it? So is that a more recent thing or? No, no, I've done, how many have I done? Uh, I think I've done 15 or 16 retreats, something wow. like that. And then I've also chefed like more than that. And uh uh, help facilitate some other ones like, you know, in groups and stuff like that. But uh, it's definitely a learning curve. I would say that if you do a retreat at a center that has already done retreats, it's going to be a heck of a lot easier than if you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this all by myself, you know, and, and mm. I mean, I've done both. Um, but nowadays, my favorite, like I do a retreat at the Farm of Life in Costa Rica with my my friend and uh, familia, Brian and Jody Calvi and um, their puppies and kitty and you know, it's, it's amazing because it's literally so streamlined where it's just like, I, I put out information and promote it. I talk with people and collect the money and then I just show up and it's just like a party and we hang out, you know, and like, I, I live in the moment and I share what is, uh, you know, I, I, you know, some, some structure of course, and some like stuff I want to make sure is conveyed and helped with, but it's just, it's just hanging out and being present, you know, and they completely take care of all the transport, not the flights, but all of the, like, you know, uh, from the hostel to the place and, you know, to the beach and the surf rentals and getting all the food. And, you know, they have my menu, you know, doing it so many times they have my menu and their staff is trained to make my food. And so they make it all perfectly and, um, you know, even set up the food demos and get everything perfect. And so it's just wow. like, it's, a, it's, it's really easy. It's just really fun and requires you know, laser attention and, and being in the moment. Right. Um, but I have also done them where like I had to do the food order completely and I had to do the shopping and I needed to rent the space. And, you mm -hmm. know, like it, 
it, that can be a lot, you know, and, and, you know, like having an outline and I've done some retreats that are like really structured and have specific topics and have like sit down classes and stuff. And then I've also had some where it's, we're just hanging out, we're friends and we're learning in the moment when it comes up. You know, I, I usually find um, that when you're in the moment and like hands on learning it because it's present and that's what you're doing, it's more impactful than like, all right, this now, and you're going to learn this right now. You know, it's like, mm. um, that's, that's what I've always enjoyed the most. And I think everything has its time and place, but that's what I try and really bring to the retreats. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's lots of fun, but it, it, it can be a lot of work. Again, it just yeah. depends how set up you are. And if you're working with people who have already set stuff up. I guess, yeah, like you say, the first few are probably going to be a little bit more difficult. And then once you've got like, you know, just the feel of how things go and yeah, it yeah. gets easier. But I'd imagine they're very, they're very fulfilling and especially meeting up with people yeah. in real life as well. Because I yeah. feel like a lot of people are lacking that real life human connection. Huge, Myself included huge. at the, yeah. Yeah, huge. And it's, I, 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 you can't really fully quantify the difference it makes when you're in person with multiple people on the same wavelength and learning through, like I said, like action in the moment with what's presence and stuff. Like, mm. you know, I've seen things shift and new ideas and perspectives click and, you know, like months and years of self trial and experimentation can be shifted whether that's in person or whether it's even like one-on-one -on -one consultations and diving in with uniqueness. Right. But that connection, yeah, it's invaluable and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing them. So for sure. And in terms of the app it's quite comprehensive. It's quite extensive. There's some really good resources on that. And Thanks, how, how did, <laughs> no, no worries at all. The, how did the creation of that come about? And yeah, how, how does someone create an app? Well, I mean, the funny thing is, nowadays it's a heck of a lot easier and like i've been approached by a lot of companies like hey make an app and i know like there's web-based apps that are actually easier and much less expensive and um and you can update them yourself and stuff like that so like I, i'd probably look into creating a web-based app if i was going to do it nowadays um you know but how i did it because you know I, I started my app i believe it was like eight years ago now or nine years ago something like that um it was expensive. Like I'll, I'll be straight up and honest. Some people don't like to talk about numbers. I don't care. I, whatever. I'm an open yeah. book, but like I've invested over $24,000 into my app, uh, from my own money. And, wow. and I think I'm even now, I, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't pay attention to those things. You know, like I just know it's a great service. I know it'll help people. I know in the long run, in the big picture, it mm. should pay for itself off. I'm pretty sure that it's off now. And I think it, I think I'm, I pretty much get like groceries most months or no, half my groceries may be paid just from the app. But, um, I, I started researching different app developers. Uh, my, my sister had a ex-boyfriend who was an app developer. Um, I talked with a few different ones. One was in my hometown of Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, and I went and visited them and talked with them. You know, they had an app proposal for like nine grand for the original really basic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it was new back then and I hadn't seen anything else like it. And, uh, and I talked to my sister's ex-boyfriend and he said, no, that's a great price. That's competitive for what they're going to do. It's going to be custom. It's going to blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So I've been in touch with them ever since then and doing periodic updates and adding new books. You know, like that was one of the main things in the beginning was creating it with, you know, it just had like my freebie and my, my one-on-one book and my Terry retreat treats. And when I create new books, I put them in the app and create a little bit new functionality and stuff like that. Um, that's definitely been one of those things where it's like, 
it hasn't been like a giant moneymaker. It was a giant investment for me. I mean, recognizing, you know, what we talked about, how much I made in the first years, that was a, a big investment. And I actually needed to take a loan and slowly pay it off um, from my parents. Thank you, mom and dad. But, uh, but um, it was just one of those things that I was just like, man, this, this needs to be out there. I know that it can be really helpful. Everyone has phones. Um, this synthesizes it in just like a really simple format. And, uh, and I was just really excited to do it, you know, and I was just super stoked to do it. And like I said, I think now you could probably do it as good or better for an eighth the price, maybe, I don't know, yeah. a quarter of the price, you know, oh, but it's, um, it's crazy, right? It's, cha it's, it's changed so much. It sounds like yeah. you were definitely the start of the kind of app craze or phase or you know it's, it's evolved so much now with like ai and no code software and things like that yeah but, yeah but, and i mean yeah. maybe maybe i'll end up upgrading into that at some point you know but i mm. it's, it's pretty fun because there is a, a substantial user base on it and i mean i can actually i, I don't utilize this enough it's one of those kind of businessy things like i could actually text message everyone who has the app like hey check out my new video but i rarely do that you know like i actually just had a promotion bundle promotion on my biggest sale and i forgot to even do that at all i didn't even send it to my app community um but uh but yeah it, it's it's a lot of fun i've had a lot of feedback and to me it's almost just like a business card now it's just like hey have you checked out my free app you know like and you know it's the the most cost effective streamlined way to get all of my stuff because like you know, it's, it's separate from my eBooks on my site or my paper books. So some people have said like, Hey, I bought the book. Like, how do I put it in the app? Or like, Hey, I bought the book in the app. How do I put it on your website? And it's like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they're separate. Um, you know, one's, you know, handled by iTunes and other by Google and another by myself. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I, I put the app books at like 33% discount just in case someone has the eBook and they also want it in the app for that functionality to try and make it a little bit better. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love that, man. I, I really appreciate that you brought it up and that you, you found it no. kind of neat and helpful too. Yeah, no, it's cool. I think when you see someone has an app, it kind of just adds a level of authority as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I personally... Kind of hot, hot shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, who, who's this guy? Who's this <laughs> guy? <the> app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you've also got you've also got the affiliate marketing and like yeah. uh, merch and things like that how do you do brands reach out to you or do you uh use brands and then reach out to them how, how do you go about like affiliate marketing it's it's been both to be honest it's really been both um i was really hesitant to do any kind of affiliate marketing in the very beginning mm -hmm. except for excalibur and vitamix those were my first affiliates and then the next one was zero shoes, which really made a huge impact on my life, minimalist yeah. footwear. Um, and I still wear to this day, you know, it's been like 11 years I've been doing those. And, um, but I've had, a so like those ones, I actually reached out to myself, you know, like I, I reached out directly, I was like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Do you have an affiliate program? Some of them just have it on their website. You can just apply yeah. right up, you know? So there's been some of that. Um, and then there's been a few things that either like a friend, you know, got me to try or recommended and, and same kind of thing that I reached out. Um, but there have been a few things that people reached out to me and some I delete automatically. Like if, I'll, I'll be honest, I probably get like, I'd say probably about two or three a week. Wow. Usually like brand offers, you know, and like I used to, I haven't for a long time, but I used to consistently get offers to start my own supplement company. You know, it's kind of crazy. Mm, I bet. <laughs> um, yeah, I used to get a lot of those and never did any of those. Um, and some stuff I write back and say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. 
um, and other stuff. I just, you know, I mean, it's on YouTube or Instagram. It's uh, probably templated and sent to every single person yeah. in this niche, you know? So a lot of it, I just, I don't feel bad about just immediately deleting, especially if it's like totally far off base. Cause sometimes you get stuff like, are you kidding me? Like why really? Yeah, it's like, not even relevant. <laughs> yeah. Not even relevant. But um, if it's something that's, that I, I, you know, lines up with what I do, then sometimes I ask, you know, like, it's kind of funny and, and you know, uh, a company, a Shilajit company approached me and I was like, I'm sorry, like, I, I've never tried it. I know some people who love it and they really swear it's amazing, but I don't promote things unless I really believe in them and have used them and authentically use them myself. And they're like, well, can we send some to you? I'm like, sure. So they sent some to me, which was like 80 bucks worth. And, you know, I used it consistently and I didn't notice a thing and I didn't enjoy using it. So I, I've yeah. never shared anything about it on social. This is the first time I've talked about it, you know? Yeah. Um, I could make a bunch from it, but you know, but it wouldn't um, resonate with you. It wouldn't sit well. No, exactly. And that doesn't mean that definitively it's not good. It's just, it didn't resonate with me. It's not really part of what I, the ethos of what I'm trying to do, you know? So I'm pretty selective. Um, I, I'm also cognizant that the, uh, the niche that I'm in is like even more selective, you know, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, right? Like I, I started promoting barley grass juice powder and, I got some flack for that and I lost some subscribers and, and some people mm -hmm. think it's really ridiculous, but it made a huge difference in my life. And I genuinely feel like it, it has helped and can help people. Um, but you know, I've had other people then like say like, okay, well, what about this powder? And how about that powder? I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't need a thousand powders, you know, like, I, like, <laughs> like yeah. this really works. You know, I'm not saying it's definitively no matter what the best, but from all my research and my personal experience, I think it is. Um, yeah. That's so, I mean, can, yeah, that's all you can, you can do. draw upon. Like yeah. if, as, if, as long as you're sharing your own personal firsthand experience, then mm -hmm. that is people, people can say what they want, but you're, you're telling the truth and how, how you've experienced things. Cause obviously yep. on YouTube, there's some that are like, Oh, Hey guys. Uh, even if they didn't pay me, I, I'd still use it. And it's like, mm, okay. Would you, would you? Yeah. 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 I, th I think people can tell. <laughs> and when you, yeah, really no, for sure. It, it, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And no, I can, I can honestly say like, everything that i sell and do i would still use and even like if i didn't make any money doing this i would still be doing what i'm doing like yeah. i've often actually said like what is retirement for me retirement for like actual retirement would be zero thought of concern around my consistency in posting i'd be still doing the same thing i just i wouldn't even think about it I'd be like okay i, I want to post or i don't want to post maybe I, I missed a whole month of posting you know that's fine because i have all the stuff kind of working in the background always posting anyway yeah but I, I wouldn't feel like uh, any kind of thought that I, I need to be regular in order to be a little bit more regular with income or to not lose my audience, you know, like, yeah. but, uh, but I'd still be doing the same stuff. I, I, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it would just be like, if you maybe wanted to push a little bit harder at that stage, then you could pu publish content, but there's no pressure at all. Not that exactly. it sounds like you have. I don't put a lot of pressure on myself, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. The, the only thing I'm starting to feel all truthfully, and I know you know about this, I'm feeling bad about it. I'm going to say it now. Mm -hmm. Mucoid plaque video, man. I've, this has been, it's been starting to haunt me. Like the, some of the interviews I did, it's, it's been two years since I did the interview and I thought I'd put the video out a month later, you know, and, mm -hmm. but it, it snowballed and it's got bigger and I've hyped it and um, it's controversial, which I'm not excited about. I don't, I don't love controversy and getting a thousand dms of people saying that i'm wrong and that i'm doing a disservice like mm -hmm. i'm not super excited about it but i 
but I'm bringing it up again, just that I'm, I'm going to actually do it. My intention is to do it while I'm in Canada over Christmas or otherwise yeah. I'd like it done before the new year. Otherwise I'm definitely early in the next year, but. Oh. Yeah. I'll be interested to see that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then you've also just quickly, you've also got merch, which mm-hmm. you're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of different ones, you know, the merch started, this was really cool. Um, because I was working and this is something I used to do. I don't really offer it anymore because of what's going on in my life, but, um, I used to work as a live-in coach. So I'd actually like live in with people and, okay, yeah. you know, kind of like I said, with the retreats, like as things comes up, we talk about it and have some structure and we talk, you know, whatever they want to go into, but a lot of stuff just comes up authentically in the moment, mm-hmm. make food together, you know, do fitness together. And Sorry. I've done that for, it's super fun, man. And I've done that for as, as short as a weekend in some places and I've traveled around the world, not around the world, but a bunch of different places doing it. Um, to the longest I did it, I worked with someone for eight months, like lived with them for eight months. Um, although they truthfully, they mostly just wanted me to be a chef rather than to really <laughs> learn it and do it themselves. Yeah. But I really didn't mind because it was with a professional skateboarder at a professional skate park um, in California and got donated to pretty well, you know, and the warehouse, which was a, a private pro only skateboard park, um, was right beside the organic wholesale markets. So I could literally leave the, the office with a trolley, go to the wholesale market, fill it up with organic, like heirloom tomatoes and cases of mangoes and bring it back to the office. And he wow. bought like a Excalibur and a Vitamix for me to have a kitchen in the office. And a, it was amazing, amazing. Um, but the, the reason I, I actually brought that up was because that enabled me like, you know, I had zero cost, you know, like I was living with him at the place and he donated, you know, generously. And, you know, about six months in, I had enough money to be like, Hey, and I had the connections cause you know, there's a skateboard place that they had connections to clothing companies and stuff and mm-hmm. print screen printers and printers. So that's when I started actually, like I started making my first paper books and I started making my first three t-shirts and, uh, and then I was shipping them individually myself and just doing orders and loving it. And then uh, somebody said, hey, I'll do the mailing for you. So I gave them all the stock and they started doing all the mailing for me. Um, and then at festivals, like I, I, you know, I went to the Woodstock Fruit Festival. I, the very first one, I, I got shirts made and brought like a hundred shirts, you know, and every mm-hmm. festival I went to after that, pretty much I'd make a whole bunch of merch and, and bring it and sell it. And uh, so anyways, that's kind of how that started and how it yeah. snowballed. And now I have so much stuff. It, I don't make a ton off of the physical products to be honest, but it's just fun to have. And I love like walking down the street occasionally and seeing yeah. someone with one of my shirts. It's, it's mind blowing. I love it. Um, but some stuff like this, this is actually like print on demand. So I don't have stock for this. A lot of that other stuff's in stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have this stuff that's like print on demand. So this stuff is called TRA limited because it's, uh, um, I guess a little bit more limited being print yeah. on demand and specific fun stuff like these all over print kind of sweaters and hoodies and ha- uh, I've hats that I have in stock, but also some types of hats and headwear and baby onesies and blah, 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 mm-hmm. right. Tank tops. But um, I, I love it, man. I, I, I mean, being a skateboarder and, and uh, you know, like really being immersed in that scene, like I, I loved the skate merch, like the skate clothing and the stickers and like hats and, and like, yeah. I love that stuff. So like I got, you know, I, I got, I think, 21,000 stickers made at one point, you know, and like, it was like, I think I spent like three or $4,000 on stickers and just like, all right, put them in every package and like, you know, and like make sticker packs and, you know, just those kinds of things that is like, 
Yeah. It may, in some ways it makes business sense. In some ways it doesn't, but I don't care because I just freaking love it. And I love seeing it spread out. For sure. I think, I think that's the main takeaway I've got from our conversation, just how much you love what you do. You just, maybe you don't do the conventional or the optimal thing in business, but it works for you. And yeah, yeah you just have fun doing it. And yep. That's it. That seems cool to me, man. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's always, there's always ways to improve. And, and like, and there are things that I noticed, like I used to be like, I used to really like love the beatnik writers and stuff like that. And like, you know, like sloppy grammar and some of my posts are really bad and it's like pretty bad grammar. And I've had school teachers say like, I love your site. And like, like literal school, like I think three different school teachers, like I want to share your site with my students, but I don't feel good because your grammar is so bad, you know? And like, <laughs> And like, so like, you know, that was part of that was like at, at the beginning, I was like, well, that's authentically me. I wanted to have my voice. Like, I don't, I feel stuffy when I get all grammary and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I made some compromise and started using Grammarly and correcting some things and cleaning up and making a little more professional. Cause I obviously want to have, you know, like, I don't feel like the world's on my shoulders and I have to meet critical mass, you know, but, but I, I want, I don't want to be hindering myself and my growth at yeah. the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's striking that balance. <laughs> yeah. And hiring out when you can, like I'm making things more professional now because I am hiring out some stuff, but I always want to keep that kind of casual uh, skateboarding flow alive as well. Right. So it's, like you said, it's kind of striking yeah. the balance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah, you don't, you don't want it to be like really low quality, but, but also perfectionism. You, you'll never get anything yeah. out if you're trying to be a perfectionist. I've realized that sometimes yeah. Yeah. it's the video you you least expected just the one you, you just kind of made spur at a moment that, that does really well or has a better reception. Cause I think yeah. people can tell like when you're trying to be overly perfectionist, this, it can yeah. sometimes kill all like creativity. I've yeah. Found yeah. It, it just, it feels like there's less soul to it, you know? And I think, I think that's kind of an interesting point and maybe a, a near roundup here is like yeah. in this, this day and age right now where AI is like, you know, like, prevalent and a lot of people are creating like websites and channels like immediately just utilizing AI and stuff like that. I mean, I, again, I'm not throwing shade or saying that's wrong or anything like that. Um, but to be able to have your personality and make sure that that's still alive and what you can still accomplish with AI. I mean, it's getting pretty damn ridiculously amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think having that soul behind it really means a lot. And I do think that in times to come, I think that'll become even more apparent unless AI just gets so damn good. No one can even tell what's happening anymore, you know, but either way, like a, it connects with me. I feel really good about it and I don't mind outsourcing some stuff or utilizing technologies and stuff like that. But I want the core to have that soul and that personal experience and, uh, and, uh, motivation from, you know, my depths, like what's really important to me. Yeah. I think that's a great message and I think we'll leave off on that and just, yeah, if, I'll just touch on that quickly. I just think I, I agree a hundred percent. Just be authentic, be yourself. And that human, just maintain that human element. Like you say yeah. with AI <laughs> coming yeah. about, you know, you've got to still maintain that human element and that physical connection. You've got to ultimately realize why you're using AI is to enhance yeah. your real, real life connection and your real life. Is there yeah. anything else you want to add? Um, you know, I think just kind of going back again and just saying like, if, if, if you have that spark in you to help and share and be of loving service to other people, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The world absolutely needs it. And when you have information that other people want, you know, like finding the ways to share it is, is a beautiful thing. And whether that means you share it and try and create a business out of it, whether you share it and it's a part-time hobby 
or whether it's just very casual and you're just like going in your everyday day to day and, and talking about things or sharing other people who are doing this as a full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of that is amazing and so dang needed. And uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about, you know, marching to the beat of your own drum and not, not fretting what other people think or say and still taking in information and understanding you can improve and do new things. But um, that it's all a process, you know, and the more you enjoy it, uh, the more authentic it feels, um, probably the better health results you're going to get. And I mean, that's kind of, for me, one of the crux of all of this too, is like, I'm in this to try and be, I, I used to think like be the healthiest that is absolutely possible. You know, like I recognize now that like, I have some things that are that supersede that, like I live in a city. Um, I don't live in the tropics, you know, like, uh, I don't eat organic every single time, you know, like. I'm not, I'm not concerned about being the healthiest that is absolutely possible. I just want to be healthy and connected and, and having a blast, you know, and, and, yeah. and knowledgeable and conscious of what I'm doing and, and not beating myself up ever, you know, like, mm. like trying to be really compassionate for myself. And, you know, I, I decided like, that's my profession is, is trying to be healthy and showing others to do it in an easy format where you're not all stressed about it and having fun. And I, and I recognize that I could work more, I could make more money, but if it leads me out of my center and leads me away from achieving my health results and actually being authentic with what I'm trying to present, what's the use? You know, mm-hmm. like, I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people that get into this, they burn themselves out because they think the world's on their shoulders and they've got to combat every single combat comment on every single channel and they have to be right. And, you know, this and that, and I, I I've seen it as like the, health promoters paradox, you know, like not actually being super healthy themselves because they're have an unhealthy obsession about having the world on their shoulders or being right, or making sure they're the biggest out there in the entire world, you know, or the most controversial or whatever it is. Right. Um, so I guess that'd be my last thing is like, you know, like focusing on yourself, be aware when you're doing things that are separating you from your authenticity, from your passion or from your health and see how you can balance things to be in service to yourself and to others, you know, not just to others and, and not paying attention to yourself as much. Mm, yeah. And just living your truth. I fully resonate with that. So just a reminder, if people didn't get from the interview, where can they find your many, yeah, many offerings? <laughs> you, you can find me at the rawadvantage.com. It's just T H E raw advantage.com. Everything is there, you know, it connects to my app, to all my social media, which I'm across almost everything. And, you know, my blog, I mean, everything's found there, you know, and uh, yeah, I hope, hope people enjoy it. If they ever want to reach out and connect and do a one-on-one again, I offer donation or different packages and, you know, it's just a joy to be able to connect with people and, and help them along their journey. Cause I tell you, it's a heck of a lot easier now. And, and, you know, even since eighty ten ten came out, you know, like things have streamlined, I think. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's just so much easier and there's so much opportunity for support and for streamlining your, uh, you know, your whole journey. And I, I feel blessed to be a part of that for other people. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time, Chris. And thank you to the viewers. If you stuck around this long and yeah, if you stuck around to the end, I want you to drop your biggest takeaway in the comments down below and, uh, me and Chris will get back to you. Peace. Sounds out, good. Everybody. Thanks brother. Appreciate it.